Hi, friends. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Infinite Potential Series. We are continuing with our focus on economic order. At the end of Episode 4, we were discussing the importance of making an inventory of actual personal resources in order to make progress towards doing more of what you love to do. We had to find complete economic order as being able to do what you love 100% of the time. But how do you do such an inventory? Well, there are people who can help with this. There's a book called Your Money or Your Life by Dominguez and Robin. And it details how to do it. They also have a, a easy-to-understand website www.yourmoneyoryourlife.org and it offers coaching and, and many other forms of assistances. They have a, a simple and powerful nine-step program for achieving financial integrity, economic order, and independence, but it does take time, focus, and work to get results. You know, once the beginning is made, then other doors inevitably open. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, uh, Joe Dominguez said the foolish person wants more money and more of the things money can buy. The wise person wants enough money and more of the things money can't buy, like health, happiness, love, and peace of mind. The other day you mentioned this concept of setting wisdom traps for yourself. What do you mean? Well, an excellent strategy for producing change, and is evolving oneself, mm -hmm. is to set up conditions which more or less force you to do the right thing. I call this kind of strategy setting wisdom or, or tender traps for yourself. In this case, we're discussing economic wisdom traps. An example uh, is, would be deciding not to do work that hurts others or the environment. Just walking away from ways to make money that add to our problems rather than help solve them. And, and this is a way of, of sort of forcing yourself or, or trapping yourself to move in a direction which makes your life better. And by using the principles of voluntary simplicity and focusing your economics, channeling them, one can create circumstances that tend to force oneself toward the good life and a hundred percent economic order. This kind of mental focus requires and generates energy, courage, wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's called a via negativa. Eliminate the unnecessary and unwholesome and build your life with what's left. It's, it's a way of trapping yourself, actually protecting yourself using wisdom. Mm. Mind fitness again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, voluntary simplicity is actually being spread by folks that have more money, discretionary time and education, actualizers, according to the VALS survey. By the way, explain the VALS survey. Well, it's the VALS survey. You, you know, some of the smartest psychologists are not at all treating patients. They're in science or business or art or a combination of all three. In the 60s and early 70s, some psychologists working for major advertising companies wanted to find a way to sell more stuff and to predict what people will want to buy in the future. And the result was the value-added lifestyle survey, and it turned out to be marketing genius. Mm -hmm. How they created it was to study the psychologist Abraham Maslow's hierarchy or pyramid of needs 
and developed a parallel concept which rated consumers at nine levels of actualization. Now, Maslow's levels or stages of actualization might be thought of as roughly equivalent to levels or, or stages or orders of consciousness or, or perhaps mm, life competence works better. At the lower level of Maslow's pyramid, you have people who are rather caught in what the fourth wave psychologist Stephen Walensky might call cultural trances. In psychological terms, these people are dissociated, relatively easy to condition. The lower levels of Maslow's pyramid tend to be over-consumers who manage their money poorly and tend to overpay for the necessities as well as the stuff they do not need. But they pay retail. <laughs> They're unhappy. Uh. Generally, uh -huh. marketers can target them and make a lot of profit. However, as people self-actualize, they, they spend less time in dissociated trance-like states, which means they are more attentive, more mindful. Mm. The better we attend, the less affected we are by traditional sales pitches, commercials, advertising. Mm -hmm. People who are more actualized according to Maslow's Pyramid, tend to buy using other criteria, which includes the researching out the quality of the product or service mm -hmm. and whether it's actually needed or not. If they do need it, then they research how to buy the right thing at the best price. Mm -hmm. In order to reach these people, advertising has to be much more well done, which tends to reduce profitability. So people who actualize their potentials even more rise to still higher levels in the VAL survey and become even more attentive, even less dissociative, and brutally expensive to market to. Finally, we have the ninth level actualizer. So the bad news for the advertising business is that eighth and ninth level actualizers are usually too expensive to market most products to. They know how to do their own research and find out what the best products and best values are and so buy what they really need at lowest prices. The good news for the advertising business is that the ninth level actualizers tend to be buying today what others will be buying tomorrow. They are trendsetters. For example, Ninth-level actualizers are inevitably the first to invest in hybrid cars, solar panels, and, and other, you know, dozens of other alternative energy and ecologically responsible products and services. Yeah. Actualizers invented and made the alternative educational, complementary medicine, ecological and green, green movements, you know, uh -huh. they, they developed them and they turned them into big businesses. You could say that uh, most advertising is a price that companies pay for not being original. I mean, you know, the implications of voluntary simplicity for both individuals and society, they really are transformational. Yeah. In episode four, we were discussing how people who are doing what they love are, are happier while 
Overconsumption is driven by people who are depressed, feeling anxious, and in fact are dissociating. This is one of the reasons that commercial TV is so filled with violence and hypersexuality because watching this stuff causes one to feel anxious, overstimulated, frustrated sexually, so one dissociates and becomes more programmable, conditionable, more prone to buy anything that will fill the emotional hungers within that they can possibly afford. This process decreases quality of consciousness and therefore the cycle continues, eventually leading to confusion and a decrease in physical and mental health. Mm. Voluntary simplicity in doing what you love counteracts this process. Yes. I think evolution is selecting for people who are more mindful, less self-centered, less conditioned, more conscious and who learn how to live doing what they love, or at least be working toward that goal. Mm. Well, what, other, uh, what about the other concepts or principles on the mind-fitness wheel of opportunity of infinite potentials? We, all, we intend to devote at least an episode to each area. But briefly, the areas, other areas are love, meditation, contemplation, r radical life extension, and radical stress training. You know, the word love has so many, you know, meanings it can be confusing. <laughs> Yet love, the real deal, is surely the most intelligent and powerful potential that any of us can call forth from ourselves. Well, how can we bring some insights? snuggle up to this greatest of all subjects. Mm -hmm. This means we also have to try to understand sexuality better as well. Yeah. I think everyone I know has in the past or is now struggling with issues of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Even people blessed with great marriages struggle with problems of sexuality. Wow. Well, men and women really are different. Viva la différence. <laughs> um, but how to begin? Everyone is so different. How can one actually well, help another? Well, it seems to me there are, there, there are principles, like truly caring about the well-being of your partner or partners, which can transform most of the destructive aspects of sexuality. Economics and sexuality are difficult to deal with and often avoided. But even a little progress can bring great benefits and, and lead towards a much better quality of life. Quality of life. What about meditation and, and contemplation? There are so many definitions for both. And we try to go as far as we can, but one way to understand their importance is that meditation and contemplation are, in their essence, extremely powerful, perhaps the most powerful strategies whereby the ordinary human being maximizes his or her mental mind-body, including the heart, mm -hmm. intelligence, mm -hmm. as well as often hidden potentials and strengths. Aha. 
Oh, we are both devoted to the process of meditation and and contemplation, and 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 how how do you teach someone else to meditate? <laughs> Can't be done. Can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think we could start by thinking about meditation as a completely natural process, like uh-huh. breathing, but like breathing. Most people underestimate its importance and underutilize its potential. Next, we try to assist the learner in gaining the insight that mostly one has to teach oneself. It's called heuristic learning. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think the best teachers teach you how to meditate, but rather assist you in, in, in gaining the kinds of insights that motivate you to learn for yourself. You, you become your own teacher and student. The process of being quiet, aware, and as healthy as possible unfolds the innate ability for one's own mind to get to know itself better. <laughs> this process of self-discovery brings out one's humanity, mm-hmm. being more fully human, and able to deal with the realities of life much better. Much better. And, and so the infinite potentials emerge. I, I know our viewers would like a better definition of meditation. I'm sure many think of it as a lot of unscientific hocus-pocus. Huh. <laughs> yeah. They might say that just uh, living your life as intelligently and awarely as you can is, is all there is. They would be right about that, I think. But, you know, I suggest meditation has been and is being thoroughly researched by world-class scientists. It has been proven to be an incredibly powerful strategy for learning how to live your life more intelligently. But there is more. There is a science and an art to using one's own mind to know oneself better. Uh, but won't you try a little definition for meditation? English is, is limited when it comes to consciousness. All, all languages are, really. Oh, yeah. But the word meditation derives from measure, to take the measure of. Uh, I think to see things as they actually are would be a better understanding. You know, we must find a way to dialogue about meditation, but it is difficult. It is like discussing consciousness or truth or beauty or life or love. Yet, I think the sincere effort to try deepens one's understanding. You know, meditation includes thinking, but a high order of thinking. Westerners might call this contemplation. If this high-quality, extremely honest kind of thinking or contemplation goes far enough, the mind can transcend thinking, move beyond thinking, which further transforms the quality of thinking. There is a Sanskrit word, uh, Mahamudra, which may describe one of the highest orders of meditation. Oh, 
Well, doesn't that, doesn't that mean mindfulness, but extremely deep, profound mindfulness and awareness? Yeah. To be aware with the brain and the heart, you know, with the, the muscles, the bones, the blood. To be, you know, able to sustain that awareness much of the time. Hopefully, more and more of the time. Whether one feels like it or not. <laughs> and not just when things are going well. There is the implication that one learns to live in a kind of field of awareness. Sensitivity to very subtle signals coming from within and without one's body. I think this is what's meant by the kingdom of heaven is within. <laughs> there is a, a, a further implication that intelligence is not what you know, but how sensitive you are. Sensitive to what? What is. Which includes knowledge. But the emphasis is more on pattern recognition in real time, moment to moment. Well, before we run out of time, um, another element of the wheel is radical life extension. Mm -hmm. We discussed that in episode one. Yeah. Uh, meditation leads to living wholesomely. You know, learning to reduce one's own suffering and stress and being grateful mm -hmm. and making the most out of what one has been given. Yeah, you can't change the cards you're dealt, <laughs> only how you play your hand. <laughs> right. And if you play it reasonably well, you're going to live longer, statistically at least. In addition, we're living in a time when science can help us extend our lives much longer. But there is a lot to consider about that. That's why we intend to devote another episode to it. It's important because most of the people who are likely to listen to us really have the opportunity to decide whether or not they want to statistically extend their own lives. Obviously, none of us knows when our lives are going to end. It's the quality of life that is most important, however. And we are living in a time when we can take actions that are at least statistically going to enhance both the quality and length of life. The science of radical life extension is exploding, and part of our mission is to assist the ordinary human being who is interested in figuring out for him or herself what is truly useful and what is hype and exploitation. Mm -hmm. Economic order is certainly required if one is going to take advantage of emerging opportunities for radical life extension. Yeah, although eating and drinking a bit less, uh, losing weight, etc., 
that seems to be effective for most people, and it actually saves money. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, now, uh, radical stress training means? Well, actually, radical or extreme stress training is an evolution of or, or advanced strategy which emerges from stress science, meditation, and actually every one of the other areas of focus on the infinite uh, potential wheel of opportunity. You know, It takes time to explain it so that it, it, it seems simple and natural and choiceless. Choiceless. <laughs> well, I guess that's all of our time. We can go further in another episode. Um, we would like to end with a kind of meditation aid, a quote from Lao Tzu, written in the 6th century B.C. <laughs> okay, so, uh, it's very Zen-like. Uh, excuse me for that, but it's <laughs> not... Uh, Knowing others is wisdom. Knowing the self is enlightenment. Mastering others requires force. Mastering the self needs strength. He who knows he has enough is rich. Perseverance is a sign of willpower. He who stays where he is endures. To die but not to perish is to be eternally present. I'll bet is it it's it's even more beautiful in the original Mandarin. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, Agni, for the help. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you.